Last week, we talked about moving your organization from chaos to under control. And this week, we're talking about the curse of position. After decades of nonprofit leadership impacting thousands, we hit a wall. We started asking ourselves, how can we go beyond our personal success and leave a legacy that lasts far beyond our lifetimes? A job change and multiple conversations with stressed out nonprofit leaders later, our desire to help nonprofits grow in a healthy and sustainable way was bigger than ever. If you're a leader at the top or in the middle of a volunteer and donor-based organization, this podcast is for you. We believe that a better world needs healthier nonprofits, and it's our passion to help you fulfill your organization's mission while helping you live a fulfilled life. I'm Ted. And I'm Lisa. Welcome to the Legacy Builders Movement. Position can be a really helpful thing. It helps people understand why you're coming to them with like the next thing to do. It helps them to understand kind of who is in charge and who is kind of leading the way. It takes away a lot of confusion. It can be really, really great. But there is a dark side to position. And that is really what we're going to be talking about today. The curse of position. There are things that come with position that can be tempting for organizations to lean a little too heavily on. There are things about position that uh, can cause an organization to get a little lazy in some areas and rely on position and then also turn blinders toward other parts of the organization because they're seeing things from a different viewpoint. If you're in a leadership position in your organization, you have a really, really great vantage point to be able to see things coming, to like see a future a little bit and make good judgments and, you know, figure out where your organization is going to go next. But because you're not on the ground floor in the trenches doing the stuff, you're also blinded to a lot of things that happen within your organization. We're going to be talking about a lot of those different things today, how to how to kind of Head that off at the pass. Make sure that you are thinking about what it's actually going on in your organization and not just what you assume is going on in your organization. And ultimately, that's the whole conversation of the curse of position. I think this is something that we see a lot um, in hierarchy structures is everyone looks at everyone else's position and sees the benefits of the position or how easy their position is because they're not carrying my responsibility. If you're at the top of an organization, you're feeling the weight that you have to carry to make sure everything is moving forward, that things are being communicated well, that things make sense. And the people who are working under you in terms of hierarchy might look a little bit stressed, but in your mind, you are likely saying, but you're not the one having to actually carry this on your shoulders. If you're in the middle of an organization, you might be feeling everything that you have to get done. And the fact that you're trying to vision cast, having not created the vision, You're trying to make sure that things are being moved forward without being able to control the marketing. You're trying to make sure all these things get done. And it can be easy to look at the leaders above us or the people who are under us and look at them and say, man, you guys have no idea how easy your position is because you're not dealing with X, Y, and Z. And part of this is the whole idea of the grass is greener on the other side. But the other part of this is we simply can put on blinders on accident and just see everything through our own point of view without recognizing the struggles of the people around us, and especially the people who are below us, whether they're volunteers or leaders. And when we communicate without having understood how they are trying to operate within their unique role within your organization, it can cause so much frustration that we don't even recognize that we're causing. Because we're looking at things from a logical, well, what we think is logical, 
perspective, not understanding that they're looking back going, that sounds good in theory, but I have my boots on the ground. And here's how that plays out if I were to act like that or talk like that or say that or try and do that or whatever the case may be. Now, I've seen this play out from both sides. I've been the leader who had blinders on to what was going on. And I've also been the uh, leader underneath a leader who kind of had some blinders going on. On the flip side, I've been the leader who actually knew the better solution and had a person who was working under me who just had a lot of excuses and just wasn't doing the thing that I knew would work. And I've also been the one who was stubborn, who was underneath a leader, who was telling me to do things a certain way. And I was kind of pushing back on that when their way actually was the right way. So there are times when we do have to recognize that being in that leadership position, because it gives us the vantage point that we have, we do have more information to work with than somebody who is got more like boots on the ground. But we also have to be willing as leaders to flip it around the other way and say they're working with more information than I have. And there has to be a dialogue to go back and forth because things change in organizations all the time. Right. And one thing that we see frequently is an organization gets off the ground and the thing that made it so that the organization could get off the ground becomes par for the course. This is how we do X, Y and Z. And as organizations grow and mature, They also need to begin to stabilize. And the things that you do when you're in startup and trying to launch and trying to get stuff off the ground often are not the same things that you need to be doing as your organization becomes more solid, uh, becomes more stable, and becomes something that people are really, really, really relying on in a different sort of way. Mm -hmm. And so when you unintentionally have these moments where you're like, no, I know this worked because we did it six months ago, three years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, Mm -hmm. there are organizations running the same plays that they were running before the internet existed. Um, And when we see things like that, they're like, I don't know if this kind of marketing works because 20 years ago, we ran this one marketing thing and it worked really well. Those are conversations that the most of, most of us look at that. We're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe organizations still do that. But on a smaller scale, there are organizations running the same things that they were running in 2019 before the world changed. There are still organizations running things in the same way back when um, like culture was different, when things were way more flashy and show, see, show how cool you can be. And things have shifted to be like, no, show me what's real. Show me what's true. Show me a glimpse behind the scenes so I know I can trust your organization. Mm-hmm. There are always things constantly changing. And sometimes as a leader at the top of the organization, you know what those changes are and you're, you're feeling it. You understand it. You're trying to shift the whole thing and make sure that you're going where the organization needs to go. Other times as a leader, you might be so used to how you have always led and we get comfortable in leadership that instead of asking, should we change? We say change could mean bad. So let's just do what we've always done because it's worked in the past. And so we need to have that communication and we need to have that dialogue. Part of this is having leaders under you and around you that you trust so that when when they have that dialogue and when you have that dialogue, you're not trying to get feedback from someone who you think is dumb or who you think (laughs) is out to get you or who you think doesn't care about you or doesn't care about the organization. 
We need leaders around us who we trust so that as we go to them, whether they are above us in the org structure or below us in the org structure or on the same level, just over a different team, that that communication is able to be collaborative in something that can work together for the betterment of the entire organization and not just the area that we are trying to run. Right. So the, the, the big piece of this to keep in mind is that all of this stuff needs to happen in balance and with an understanding that there's not a one size fits all situation with this. There are going to be times when, as the leader, you need to put your foot down and say, nope, this is the way that we're going because I'm working with a data set that you do not have. Yeah. And there are other times where you as a leader have to humble yourself and say, I need the input and the data that the people who are underneath me in the organization, staff members, volunteer leaders, donors, board members, whatever the case may be, having that humble enough spirit to say, I'm going to actually listen to what they have to say, and I'm going to let them tell me what we need to do because they are working with different set of data. So a really good example of how some of this has played out that we've seen in multiple organizations is how uh, a leader in an organization will hand a task to a staff member. We've seen this happen a bunch of times, not just not just times <laughs> that I messed it up or seen it in organizations that we've been a part of, but also organizations we've helped with yeah. um, in consulting and just had conversations with leaders this is a very, very common problem. And it, it's it's also a common problem in the workplace, too. Yeah. It's like leaders just tend to not take into account the specific challenges that are required to get what they're looking for out of their employees or out of their volunteers. Right. So when uh, tasks or different things are being handed off, we need to be able to recognize which parts make it easier for us as the leader simply because of the position that we're in. And then which things that the person that we, which aspects of it, the person that we are handing the task off to might actually understand better because of the position that they are in. Now, we talk about the five levels of leadership from John Maxwell, and we understand that positional leadership is the lowest level of leadership. So often we talk about not relying on positional leadership to get stuff done. That being said, we still need to respect and understand the role of positional or leadership within an org structure and within an organization. So if you as a leader are handing something off to your staff and you want them to get a couple volunteers to help with a project, depending on the staff member, it may or may not be easy or difficult for them to be able to get volunteers in for this thing. But as a leader of the organization, you might be thinking, just call up a couple volunteers. We have like 50 volunteers who help in various areas around our organization. Just call a couple up. They'll come in. And if that staff member actually tries and maybe they don't have the, the personal connection or they haven't grown in those skills or they don't have like the experience with certain personality types and they try like 10 people and they can't get a volunteer in, you as a leader might call up two people and say, hey, it's so-and-so, leader of this organization, would you come in and volunteer? You will probably get yeses immediately from people. Mm -hmm. And the temptation in that moment, and what we see a lot, is leaders who then go to the staff person and say, I don't know why this was so hard for you. I called two people, and they both said yes. You should be better at this. 
without recognizing that the role and the position as the founder, as the director, as the top leader of this organization that has probably been there since the beginning and has a different role within the org structure that volunteers respect differently makes it a lot different when you call versus when someone under your authority calls. And so it's little things like that that erode trust in that communication when a staff member looks at you and says, this is a lot harder for me. It's not just a single phone call. It's not just sending out a simple email. It's not just whatever the task is, because I think that word, just call them, just talk to them, just get them to do it, just whatever. It minimizes the difficulty because we assume that the tasks are as easy for them as they are for us. I will say a big piece of this problem specifically comes up when leaders don't recognize that they are working from a higher level of leadership, but all they see is that they have that position. So they think if they give you a position that you'll be able to do the same things that they could do in that position. But if they're operating from a different level of leadership in people's eyes than you, that is going to completely change the conversation. You might give them the the title of like project manager, right? And we've you've experienced this, I guarantee, in like a job where somebody is given a position and you have no respect for that person and now they're in charge, they are going to have a lot harder time getting work out of you than if their leader had asked you to do it. Because Mm -hmm. that leader had already earned your respect, had earned your trust, had earned the ability to ask you to do hard things. And you're like, I get it. I respect you. I don't think you're dumb. Let's do it. Yeah. And it could even have sounded like a dumb idea. But coming from that leader, you're like, I don't need to understand exactly everything in order for this to for me to trust that this is going to work. And so when that leader then turns around and says, hey, it's just a position thing. If you call as the project manager, that's all you need, because that's all I have going into it. And it's just not true. You have as the as the founder of an organization or the leader organization, you have so many more. um, Your words carry so much more weight. Yeah. And it works for donors and it works for all of these different positions in an organization. Right. There was one um, time that we were leading a fairly decent sized team of people. Um, And there was one person on the team who had natural leadership. Um, He was able to show kind of that performance. He had like people gave him permission to lead him, not like a going up to him saying, I will let you lead me, but just that natural, like, He's really good at what he does. He wasn't demanding that people follow him. I'll, I'll people follow just wherever did. he goes. He had zero position. But we saw his um, the amount of leadership that he had at the permission level, at the performance level or producing performance, being able to just execute level mm-hmm. at the people development level, his attitude that we recognize if we don't give him some sort of a position or at least honor the innate leadership that he has, people will follow him out the door away from our team. Or they'll follow him doing things that like aren't going to help the team as a whole. Yeah. He was someone that we have been friends with for a very long time. And so we weren't concerned on like that. You know, some leaders get a little bit like you have to stay here. Like we weren't concerned on like that personal level, but we understood his innate leadership ability. We had to make sure that we um, 
allowed it to be used correctly within our team in order for our team to be as healthy as possible. The other option to that was we also had to make sure that we weren't just relying on position. We also had to be showing that we could produce the results. We also had to be showing that we could develop people and that we could get permission from people. We also had to work toward becoming a pinnacle leader because we understood that his leadership naturally If we weren't careful and if we just rested back on position, it wouldn't take long for his natural leadership to outshine our leadership and for him to become the de facto leader of the team that we were supposed to be leading. Like, (laughs) but we've seen this in other areas too, where we've had leaders who don't understand that other side of leadership. And so they minimize a leader's impact and assume if I move you from the position, no one's going to follow you. No one's going to see it. It's not going to be a big deal. Mm-hmm. And we look at that and say, you don't understand the leadership that this person carries. And so we just need to be aware of that. Hey, I remember too. I remember that being such a driving factor for me being like this, this person is somebody we respect who's on our team and they're continuing to grow and people follow them. And that's awesome. Um, I don't want to not like out of a jealousy thing, but I, he, he made me become a better leader because I had to rise to the occasion. I had to uh, increase my ability to execute on stuff. I had to increase my ability to care for and have conversations. He was just a natural, like people just loved hanging out with him and felt cared for talking with him. And for me, I was like, that's something I need to get better at. So instead of being, I mean, there are two ways you can approach that, right? You can get really jealous and get protective and be like, oh, I have to, I have to keep people from following this person. Or you can just say, or I can step it up as a leader and become better and say, I need to improve in order to make sure that, you know, if I'm entrusted with the leadership of this team by my boss or whoever, if you're in the middle, like, you need to make sure that you're owning that responsibility and saying, if if I've got leaders coming up underneath me that are great, that's my responsibility to improve myself or get out of the way and let them just take over. Right. And I think this is the other side of that curse um, of the position. On the one hand, a lot of leaders don't understand how much weight as the leader their words carry. And the higher up in the in the hierarchy that you are as a leader, chances are your words are going to carry much more weight simply because people respect an org structure in general most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other side of it, though, uh, there are leaders who have a position who assume that because they have a position, their words carry weight. Like you can carry a lot of weight with your words and ignore it and then assume other people to be able to execute the way that you can. Or you can assume simply because I have been placed in a position, my words are suddenly more valuable, more important, more whatever the case may be. And we have seen this multiple times where a leader will be put in a position um, where they haven't necessarily qualified themselves in the eyes of the people that they're leading. (laughs) And they assume, well, because I'm in the position and the and this position carries weight with it, people are naturally going to respect me. They're going to listen. And when I talk, people are going to shut up and look at me. And Mm -hmm. they'll end up in this position where they think that the weight that they carry as a leader is really, really big. When everyone else looking around them is going, why are you here? And why are you telling me what to do? This makes me think of the movie Office Space (laughs) and just the, the manager in their 
cubicle office is just he's so irritatingly like i'm in charge this is what i do and he just like walks around and he doesn't accomplish anything other than just make everybody stressed out or upset like (laughs) and i feel like leaders if we're not careful we will gravitate toward doing that unless we realize that our position is a blessing but it's also a curse like we have to rise above just the bare minimum of the position. Now the position is really helpful for when someone is brand new and they they're looking, they're trying to see who can I who can I trust, who can I who do I go to if I have questions. It's helpful in the beginning, but it only takes a little bit of time for people to get okay, I get it, you're in charge. They figure that part out. Now they're like, can I actually trust you in this position though? They start asking that question pretty quickly. And they start asking, do I like you in that position? Because we've seen enough organizations that there will sometimes be a leader in a specific position, but volunteers will naturally go to other leaders to ask questions and to figure out how to do stuff better, simply because of the leader's ability to train, to communicate, to see things from their point of view, to break things down in a way that's effective and efficient and caring. Um And so there can be positions that end up basically just it's filling a seat and filling a spot without actually filling a leadership role. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we need to be very, very careful of, both for ourselves as we're leading, whether it's within an organization or at the top of an organization, but also as we are filling in those leadership gaps that we need to have filled. You know, we talk a lot about getting volunteers here, and if you're someone who has many volunteers, or you're looking to increase the number of volunteers, you also need to know how many leaders you need to help caring, be caring for those volunteers. And as you're finding those leaders, be careful that you are not simply picking people who want to wear the name tag of, I am a leader. Um, Hmm. Sometimes people value the position so much because they they just want the control. They want to essentially be a tyrant, but they don't have that natural ability to get people to follow them. So they'd rather be in a position so that they can demand following. Um, and sometimes those people can be really great and they can look really shiny and they can rub elbows really well and get in our good graces and you know try and convince us that they are the next leader. Mm-hmm. So it's really important that we are watching the people around them to see if they are actually following the person before we ever put them out in a position where we expect people to actually follow them. Yeah. And this is why it's also really good to find ways to bring on staff or board members or volunteer leaders from within the organization. Cause it gives you that time to actually vet them as somebody who is showing real leadership, not just positional leadership, because the thing is you could put a tag that says general manager on a monkey and say, he's the general manager, (laughs) but that's not going to be a good general manager just because they're called general manager. Doesn't mean they're good at it. And doesn't mean that they're good at getting people to, to get things done. And they're probably just going to sit around and eat bananas all day because they're a monkey. And that's what monkeys do. I assume from cartoons. So curious charge did. Yeah. And you see that always turned out real bad for the man (laughs) in the yellow hat. (laughs) But anyway, uh, another way that this plays out, we talked about it just briefly, but when handing out tasks to people that are lower in the hierarchy, 
than you. We talked about how that could be problematic because you can say, just get it done. And you're assuming, you know, the timeline that it would take to get you for you to get it done. You know, the timeline that you want it to get done. And you have a bunch of assumptions about all the moving parts that it would take to get the project done. Right. And so you hand it off You say, this is the timeline. Just get it done in that timeline. And that staff person or that volunteer leader is going, this, what? this doesn't work. And this is something <laughs> I've, um, I've been learning from working on some coding projects with some friends about when you have a team of people together and you have a very complex project, which nonprofits are a complex project. Yeah. You have a team together and you're working on a very complex situation. It's really important to include people in the conversation about timelines about um, what it's going to take to get things done, what resources are required, that kind of stuff, instead of just assuming and saying, what I say is how it's going to happen, and you have to figure it out. Um, That's a really good way to make your best people leave the organization. Instead, it's better to say, here's what we want to have accomplished. Here's the goal that I have set out for it. Can we get this done? Like, is it completely impossible, first of all? Secondly, if it's not impossible... (laughs) what what do we have to do to make it happen and then i like i want this time frame what do we have to make do to make it happen in this time frame and actually involve the people who have boots on the ground in that conversation for a couple reasons one you have blinders on because you're a leader you have no idea (laughs) you you have no idea i work (laughs) i do freelance video editing and every once in a while i have an opportunity to do some um, video editing for for you know different business owners and stuff and some of them are like Listen, you do what you got to do. I know nothing about video editing. If it takes two weeks, that's fine. I'd like it to be done in this time frame, but I don't know how it goes. And then there are other people. (laughs) There are other business owners that are like, yeah, just get it done tomorrow. And you're like, this is like a 10 hour video shoot. And the editing is going to at least take whatever amount of time. (laughs) Like tomorrow is a very unrealistic expectation here. And it's because they're used to being in a position where they just, well, what I say happens Mm -hmm. instead of thinking about um, let's nurture this relationship and make sure that we're not making this person hate us and never want to work with us again. Yes. Because I tell you, I'll tell you something. I fire those clients (laughs) if they don't if they don't move to fit timelines that are realistic. They I don't I don't they don't get to work with me anymore. (laughs) And your volunteers will fire you. Your staff will fire you. Yeah, you work for them. Yeah. As leaders, we like to think we do the hiring, we do the firing, we choose who gets to be a part of our team. No, they get to be on whatever team they want to be on and they choose whether or not they're going to let you lead them. They are mm-hmm. not obligated to you at all. Especially, especially, especially volunteers. Well, I was going to say, mean, especially in, in today's culture, it oh used gosh. to be, you know, in like the 50s and 60s, there was a lot more organizational loyalty where people would say, like, I'm going to be working at this you know, company for 50 years and I'm going to retire in the pension and all that stuff. And people have quickly realized and even like especially even in the nonprofit, I think it's starting to hit the nonprofit space a lot more, too, where people were just like, I don't have to work here. I don't have to do this. Well, so you make it good for me <laughs> or I'm out. I think what's happened in the nonprofit sphere, though, is people are very much starting to realize I can do good and not do it in nonprofit work. Like, there are multiple (laughs) ways to support nonprofit, and it does not require me to work 
at a nonprofit where I'm being treated poorly or underpaid or I just don't feel valued. Like, I think there used to be a time where people would be like, I'm willing to work at the nonprofit and forego these other benefits because of the cause. And <laughs> in the last few years, I've noticed a lot of people saying, yeah, the cause is good, but I can help the cause. And drive for Uber. And yeah, and not have <laughs> to put up with certain leaders. Mm-hmm. And because you are not the only nonprofit now that people can be connected to, they can choose any nonprofit that has a web page to support in mm-hmm. some capacity that they are no longer stuck with the four or five nonprofits that are in accepting town. volunteers in their town. Mm-hmm. So there's been this huge shift. And when we're not careful with that, we can assume I can treat my nonprofit as if I'm a business owner, forgetting that we are not paying volunteer salaries. Um, we are not giving them the benefits that they're getting other places. And we can say, yeah, but the benefit of the feeling good should outweigh all of it. Um, I can guarantee you that unless you are excellent at how you treat people, you are not outweighing the $15,000, dollars $40,000 a year that they are foregoing to be a part of your organization. And mm-hmm. so we need to be really careful with how we're treating people because they're We're seeing it in certain sectors of nonprofit work where leaders have been very unkind for a very long time and Mm -hmm. things are starting to break because culture is changing and they have an old leadership mindset that says, because I'm in charge, you work for me. Mm -hmm. And people are starting to recognize, no, because you are in charge, I no longer am going to work for you. Right. And that's, uh, I I think, a piece of it is just the the growing millennial workforce that they value freedom and time more than they value loyalty to their organization, which is a shift. And so when you have people who are in leading organizations that have that mindset, where it's like, no, you remain loyal to your organization. And then you have a millennial who's like, listen, I can do this a bunch of other places. Like let's work together to make this a decent experience for me or I'll find somewhere else. And we'll just part ways and I won't care. Um, As a leader of an organization, you have to recognize that that is a very real thing and make adjustments now. Yeah. Now, this doesn't mean that you have to completely just give up and let your volunteers (laughs) or your staff run things. Like, they still need you as a leader. There's a reason that they even chose the job and chose your organization. Mm -hmm. But we need to keep these in mind as we are doing simple things like handing out tasks, setting project dates, Um, figuring out what all those pieces are that come together, and then even being willing to look at what we're asking for. And as we're in the planning stage saying, is this worth not just the money, but also the personnel hours to get these things done? Mm -hmm. Is it going to help our organization move forward in the way that we think it's going to help it move forward? Because I've seen leaders who have an idea, go to start planning the idea, make changes to the idea, And by the time the idea is finally executed, it doesn't actually help the organization move toward its goal. But because they had the idea and then start planning it at all, they just got so, the idea has to happen. It was in my brain. It has to become reality. It's almost like a sunk costs fallacy with an idea. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And in the end, all of the volunteers and staff that worked on that idea look at all the hours that they put into it and said, what did this accomplish? Or maybe it did help, but the amount that it helped versus the amount of time and energy that went into it are just so far out of balance 
that people aren't seeing that organizational ROI that they're expecting to see from a nonprofit organization. So our question to the viewers and listeners this week is this, in what ways are you not paying attention and you need to start paying attention to the curse of position? It's time to start opening your eyes to that and thinking, just because I am in charge of this team or just because I'm in charge of this organization, especially because I'm in this position, what areas am I most blinded to right now and how can I start to address that? Yeah. We'd love to hear from you in the comments on YouTube. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email like you always can at office at LegacyBuildersintl.com. Thanks for listening to the Legacy Builders Movement. If you appreciate this podcast and find that it's valuable, the best way that you could help us is to subscribe and leave us a rating and review. To learn more about Legacy Builders, go to LegacyBuildersInternational.com. That's LegacyBuildersIntl.com. 